Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. No one who puts a hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Wow. You know, Jesus didn't elaborate much, but one thing I think that Jesus was trying to say is this whole thing. If you are looking back, you cannot look forward. You're just not helpful to the purpose of, and the kingdom of God. So once we're moving forward, you know, the more we're looking back, we're going to get stuck. Yet one of the greatest challenges, right, for any family or church family, and today I think we're going to hear a lot in one and aligned with one another, with our family, personal family, and our church family together. It applies to both. Um, is to keep moving forward. That, that, that's a big challenge for certain families. You know, a lot of families get stuck, unfortunately. So uh, what starts out, you know, as big dreams and excitement, you know, oh, yeah, a lot of young couples, you know, when they first get married, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have cute kids, and then we're going to have a cute little home. You know, we live in the prairie. I don't know. <laughs> the background of Lazy Mountain, I don't know, just all these things. And most families start out that way, and there's nothing wrong with that. So there's this passion, you know. But then they get stuck, and then they get bogged down, and they are not moving forward. And then they settle in places where they are meant to go through. And there's a story in the Bible in Genesis 11. I've been kind of reading New Testament uh, and Old Testament simultaneously, and it's um, this, this word really spoke to me personally in many ways. But So there's a story uh, about Abram's father, whose name was Terah. Okay? And Terah was on his way um, with his family to Canaan, which, you know, a promised land that God has promised him. And while he's on the way to Canaan, uh, <laughs> Canaan uh, he stops in the city um, called Haran. Okay? And so and rather than just passing through... Terra stopped by in the city. We don't know exactly, you know, for sure why he stopped there. Um, and I don't believe it was God's plan for him to get, you know, to stop there. But, uh, but one thing we do know is that he had a son named Haran. So obviously, and that name is also Haran, the city's name. And it turns out that, you know, that was probably a memorable thing for him, you know. Because no father loses a son without grief and heartache. And so that was very sentimental. But even if we don't know factually, but we can assume, you know, that that's the reason he stopped there. Um, and I believe that, you know, he was reliving that pain of his past. And I just wanted to say to you today, let's not stop in places where we're supposed to, me where we're meant to go through. And that's something that's very deep on my heart. And it's, it's been speaking to me in so many ways. You know, you're going to, hit some stuff in your life that you don't expect. Some very difficult things. Some things that are very hard to go through. And you're going to face some challenges. But let's not allow ourselves to stop in places we're supposed to go through. And God has called us to move forward. Amen? So Tara may have had good intentions. So a lot of times it's not because he had a bad intention. He had good intentions. Like I said, it's very sentimental. It's personal. But... You know, but then he began to memorialize the past, you know, past season of his life. 
there's a quote, and actually I've tried to look up who it is. People think it's Winston Churchill, but it's actually been quoted. But there's no exact author to this quote, but I'm sure you may have heard it. If you're going through hell, don't stop. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. So it may not be for you, you know, a loss of a, a loved one. Maybe, you know, it's something other. Not necessarily a loss of someone, but a very difficult situation. And all of us different ones have those difficult situations in our lives. But the idea is to go through with it. I love it. Psalm 23. Um, it says, even though I walk through. Even though I walk through the Matsu Valley of the shadow of death. Right? Matsu Valley? No. Okay. It says, even through the valley. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. In other words, it's, in his heart, it's not in his heart to stay in the valley or to build a house in the valley or to let his thoughts capture him in the valley and consume him in the valley. The thought is to go through. Amen? So then, you know, our thoughts just, once we get it stuck in this valley, you know, and in other words, we kind of get stuck in a rut. Uh, even psychologists have proven, and this is just a side note, that somebody that keeps thinking about certain things over and over and over again, it pretty much forms a groove. It turns into a habit, and then it's like a groove in your brain. So automatically, next time you see somebody and you're like, great. The moment you see them, you think of like a whole list of dirty laundry lists. This person did this, this, this to me, you know. Things like that, that trigger us. And we, so we're stuck in this rut. For those that don't know what the, rut, what the meaning of rut is, Try driving on Knick Gooseberry Road, KGB. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you get stuck, and a lot of times it's hard to get out. So if you, if you go, especially when I leave my house after Clap Road, j just past the gas station, uh, going towards the town, there's some serious ruts. And you, and you try to get out a little bit, like just a little bit, you know, it's in, especially when the, in winter condition. And it's like, ah! <laughs> whip tail and everything like that. And it seems like all hell breaks loose. Literally, psychologically, you're like, oh, no. So that's the meaning of getting right. And a lot of times it's actually hard to get out of it because your mind is so captivated by that. The situation where you're supposed to go through and you're not going through. You're just stuck and you're like, well, this is, this is personal. It could be anything, like I said, from dealing with co-workers or not, dealing a loss in the family, anything. So the Lord intended for us to go through anything. Amen? And you can say, oh, but this is bad, Vic. You don't understand my situation. You've never been here. You know, I understand. I mean, on my own level, because everybody's got a story of their own. But now, you know, rather than surrendering our thoughts, you know, to the Lord, we surrender our thoughts to the problem. So we're thinking about the problem, which really doesn't do any good. <laughs> I'm like, the problem, the problem. It's like it keeps replaying, replaying. And we have a nice IMAX screen in our brain of our, in our own brain, right? Any kind of situation. And we have this beautiful story just, just portrayed. Oh, this is bad. This happened, this happened. And we just see this in front of us. But God intended for us to surrender it to him. Amen? So, but good news is that um, Abraham's story, you know, and then then there with his father's decision, you know, to stay in that city. Uh, when we go to Genesis 12, 1 through 5, and it's going to be up here as well. The Lord has said to Abram, go from a country, your people and your father's household, to the land I will show you. So he says, 
Time to move on. Let's go. Come on. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. But it all starts by you getting up and getting through and moving past the, that place where you're stuck. Past all the struggles and pain and heartache. And I love this. Look, further on it says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. So this is a good point. Abraham was uh, 75 years old. So there's no limit how old you are. Okay. <laughs> Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. So everything, okay? Nothing stuck behind. Nothing left in the back, okay? And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Notice, they moved together as a unit, whole family. And it brings me to my first point that I wanted to point out is family that looks forward moves forward. And I was saying that again. Family that looks forward, ahead, will move forward. So God, God is calling us as a church family to step into the new and uh, to what God has prepared for us. And it, it's not easy a lot of times to stepping into the new as I mentioned in the beginning. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to get out of your routine and the things and the comfort, you know, and things like that. So, uh, because you're used to it, and you're like, I don't want to do anything. I'm, I'm happy to get up at this amount of time, at, at this time every morning, get my cup of coffee, get my breakfast, and this time I go to bed, and things like that. You know, you may say, well, you know, I'm not a people person. So we're talking at the, on church level right now. So I'm not able to offer anything to church. You know, I'm just not a people person. Deal with it. Well, you know, I'm a terrible cook. Let's just use that as an example, right? Well, Try reading instructions, you know, when you're cooking. You know, try that. <laughs> my, you hear this, right? Some people say, my house is always a mess. You know, I can't invite anyone. Well, you tried cleaning? You know, <laughs> I understand if you have kids. Maybe you just need to do like 10 minutes right before people show up, if that's the practice, if, that, if that's what it takes. But there's a huge blessing when you invite somebody and you break bread together, okay? And so our theme, right, family forward. We're, we're speaking of family forward, all right. Um, or, for example, somebody says, I can't sing. And, and this morning you may notice I was encouraging. I said, hey, if you haven't tried singing, you know, people get excited at football games about a game. <laughs> well, we get excited about God. And uh, somebody says, I can't sing. Well, you know, sing with Sid. You know, <laughs> you'll probably, you know, you, nobody will hear your voice when you're singing behind Sid. It's the man. He, he sings so loud. It's encouraging. You know, it's incredible. I'm standing right here. I have a mic. Uh, I mean, I have a, a, a speaker facing me, and I still hear Sid so loud sometimes that I can't hear my voice. It's incredible. No, it's great. There's that passion. There's that love. So especially when Sid is here, you have the liberty to sing. Nobody's gonna, you're not going to stand out, and nobody's going to look at you like, oh, are you singing? Is somebody ever going to be shocked by that? The people's going to be happy like, wow, you're singing. That's great. <laughs> Anyways, but everyone has a story, you know, with challenges, and um, every church has a story to tell. We as a church, you know, have a story of our own too, and it is still being written right now, and I'm excited for the season that we're in. I'm just so grateful to the Lord. So, but every church, you know, has twists and turns, ups and downs, you know, setbacks, comebacks, but 
a story, you know, just our own church, ourselves. You know, we had good times and we had some hard times. But we've made it. The main thing is to always keep your eyes looking forward. Amen? Keep moving forward. So today, uh, it's, it's engraved in our spirit to say, we're looking forward together as a family. Amen? And, you know, when I was reading this story about Tara and Abram, you know, that we talked about, that, hey, it's time to move on from the city. Um, I thought one of the greatest examples of family forward exhibited by our very own Pastor Mark and Nancy. Um, and, you know, I, I did pray a lot about before I wanted to share this yeah, on my heart, but it was very heavy on my heart, and I wanted to point that out. You know, even Nancy was talking about this morning how Pastor Mark is sick. It doesn't matter how, how bad he feels. He comes here and he's changing light bulbs. Um, I'm moved by that. You know, I have saw that since I was a kid, the sacrifice, the amount that they've put in. You know, and some of you may not be aware, maybe some of it's new to you, but, um, you know, several families within this last year and a half or year, um, some families uh, left the church, and, you know, they didn't see it eye to eye. You know, they didn't think that the church was moving in the right direction. But I'm just saying, during this difficult time, some of you may not be aware, outside of the fact that some of the families that were leaving, that Pastor Mark and Nancy were investing their time into, um, they had a loss of their own during this time. And um, their own daughter, you know, lost a baby late in her pregnancy. And... I can't help but, man, it really hits me deep just thinking I'm just honored that I was there with them during that time and so many of you. But I'm just thinking, wow, you invest, just imagine, right? You invest so much into certain people's lives, years you've put in, and you're like, Lord, you know, I believe this is going to happen, this happened, and then only to be questioned or doubted by the same people that you've invested your time in, right? And on top of that, to have a, you know, a loss of your own, and it's just... That was heartbreaking. But, and I look at that and I'm like, Lord, that is just a perfect example of family forward. That no matter what faced them, they kept their eyes on a prize. They kept their eyes on, on promises of God. Like, Lord, you will carry us through this. I mean, earlier on in their life, they, they, had, they lost an uh, older child, um, older son, you know, uh, Micah, you know, in the car accident. And I'm thinking, Wow. These incredible people, and we are so blessed to have such pastors. Come on. How many of you are thankful for our pastors? Come on. Amen. Thank you for setting example, you know, for all of us. And, you know, many of you, that, you know, the pillars, the people that just stuck around through this difficult time because, um, and this is a family, you know, message. And that's why I'm talking about these things that are very personal to my heart. And they very much relate with what I'm saying. But... People that stuck around, you know, you guys kept moving forward, and you've inspired us to do the same. And I'm just very grateful for our family. So this is a true example of a family that is moving forward. Uh, amen. You know, it's one thing to get out here and preach and, you know, tell like, hey, I'm going to walk with God, and, you know, I'm going to serve God, and I'm never going to quit. But, you know, it's another thing when troubles and challenges hit you. <laughs> you know, when the heartache comes and adversity comes, there's nothing like having friends, you know, a church family that is around you that are great examples of faith. You know, when a storm hits their life, they just keep going. Yeah. And they, they, can't explain you, they can't explain to you why it's happening. And they can't exactly, you know, answer the question, you know, what's going on. But they keep walking by faith, 
not by sight. And they keep leaning into the promises of God. And they keep worshiping the Lord in this time. And they keep looking forward. And that is such a great blessing. I think it's actually one of the greatest values, you know, of being part of a church community, our family, is for that sole purpose, reason, that you have people that are there to support you in time of need, that we can lean on each other and lean into the promises of God. And I'm so thankful for that. So praise God for that. Amen. So we're going to the next point. Point number two that I wanted to make. We miss the future if we hang on to the past. Amen. So it's not just looking at the past that hurts us, but looking too long at anything, good or bad, you know, it can really get us to miss the future. It really can get us stuck when we're like, oh, the good times back then or the bad times. So it doesn't matter, good or bad, lingering too long on the past in any form is not a really good practice. And you might say, Vic, give me some scriptures for that. Well, all right, I will. <laughs> so you're ready. Well, one of the big stories in the Bible um, is the story of Exodus. If some people don't know it, so pretty much long story, you know, of God's people leaving Egypt, uh, heading into the promised land. And it was supposed to be an um, 11-day journey that ended up <laughs> 40 years. Yeah, talking about getting stuck. <laughs> Prime example. And uh, God meant for them just to go through this wilderness, right? To get through it and keep moving forward into the promised land. But they got stuck in this wilderness. And they missed their future. They kept reminiscing at all the times in Egypt, you know. For those that don't know, but perhaps. But when they were in Egypt, they were slaves, okay. So <laughs> they were getting beat down and limited amount of things that you're, they were given, you know. But God provided a better place for them, a promised land. And said, hey, I can bring you into the new. Here it is. But you have to step in. You have to move forward. Yeah. You know, where they could have had their own land, raised their own children, you know, had their own, you know, plow their own fields and leave a legacy for their children and their families. But they got stuck in this between stage. And this is why I want to focus a little bit on this, the between stage, when you're going from one thing to another and in between. So this is the desert that they're facing in between, you know, Egypt and the promised land. All right. So we have that good picture now. All right. In between the stage, you will face things that will influence you um, if you aren't careful. All right. So things that will turn you away from your vision, things that will, you know, take your focus off of the promises of the Lord that he has told us or given you. So they're in this wilderness, right? And God is providing miracle food in the middle of desert, manna, that's what it was called, to sustain them, you know, and that's awesome. So in the meantime, they're still getting something. It wasn't it wasn't ribeye steak and potatoes, you know, but it was great. It was still miracle food. It was great. And that's how it is often. You're in between stage, you know, you're dealing with certain things, you know, like if you're in college, your, your diet might be ramen noodles, you know, but then you're studying to be a, some kind of a doctor or anything like that. And then later on, you can splurge. It's just in between stage, all right? So, but rather than facing forward, forward um, they kept their focus, you know, on what was behind them. And they remembered, if you want it for, for entertaining, just it's fun, but it's entertaining to read. If you read Exodus, a book of Exodus, you'll just find it amusing that how people were reacting. God is doing one thing after another, showing them miracles in this between stage. But the Lord's like, we can get through this. If you guys could just keep moving forward, 
But they kept thinking about all the, all the good things and vegetables that they had and fish. Um, you know, Exodus 1.5, I'll just use that as an example. I don't have it on the slide. But we remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. For free. You know, prime example of socialism right there. <laughs> and we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. All we wanted. You know, <laughs> even though I was getting beat up every day, but you know, those melons were worth it. You know, just imagine that, right? The mentality when you get so hungry or just cravings just set in, you're willing to just <laughs> put up with anything. Uh, that's more for pregnant women, perhaps. You know, my wife uh, showed me <laughs> some of those examples. It's, it's awesome. But um, so they get all their, you know, attention and focus on the past. And it caused them to miss their future. Uh, don't get under this illusion that you can receive something new while holding back to something old. You know, I remember just personally going as in my teenage years, I just like stuck with, the, with this relationship and it wasn't good for me. And I know that. And I'm like, and then I'm like, I'm trying to move forward. But I could not move forward because my brain was still stuck there and trying to remember all the good things out of all the bad things. And I'm like, and then finally later on, obviously, as I grew older, <laughs> you become smarter. But I, I saw it. I was like, Lord, all these promises I could have had earlier on if I could just let go of the past. You know, for certain people, it's just bad relationships. You know, not necessarily need to be a relationship between a guy and a gal. I mean, it could be just a bad relationship. You're having a bad coworker that just has a negative influence on your life. And you're not understanding why you're just, every time you feel so heavy after being around them. You know, I've mentioned previously before several times that how many, you've been around people that will just bring you to life. And you just hang out a little bit. You don't have to go far, actually, to see people like that around us. They're within our fam church family. It's awesome. You know, I don't know where I'm sitting, and then I, I just get, like, almost choked out. And then whispered into my ear, I love you, Sid. <laughs> Things like that. You know, Matt, you know, I look at Adam. I look at Alan, you know, and just... Michael, all, all my guy friends, I'm just so thankful. I mean, I love your wives as well, but there's such thing as bromance that only a guy can fill. You know, I love it. I'm just very thankful for the men and women in our church. We're so blessed to have each other. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So when we look back, we miss out. So it's time to focus on what is ahead. Um, I remember when I first began leading worship, and, you know, it was in my dad's church. Uh, it was Russian-speaking church. Um, and after years of singing in choir, you know, and uh, um, or we had choir singing and things like that. And I remember first time leading worship with the guitar, you know, like a new worship songs. And, uh, and I, you know, you would have thought I broke Ten Commandments. Literally, that's what it felt like. You know, what is this? <laughs> um, and I remember like when the first you know overhead slides were introduced and uh, you guys remember that like before the projector system there was this overhead everybody a lot of you guys remember in school right and the teacher would move and slide forward so imagine during worship there was a person that was in charge of actually just standing next to it and just moving that slide forward and uh, Lord forbid if they fell asleep <laughs> they caught some serious flack because like we're on the second verse oh Slide it forward. <laughs> now it's just the click of a button, right? And now we have projection and LEDs. And I remember this uh, when it was introduced first. Also now going to projection, which was pretty much you can play a video, right? And I remember this one gentleman coming up to me, and he's like, 
So you're telling me we pretty much have a television in our church. I'm like, well, it's a screen, yes. And he's like, and we can play videos. And he's like, well, what makes us any different than a movie theater or a nightclub? You know? <laughs> like projection, it's, you know, it's great. There's certain things that are great when we move forward. You know, there's technology, and it's awesome. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, because somebody will say, well, what's wrong with songbooks, you know? Absolutely nothing. And I actually love hymns. And, but also I love how God is breathing into new people in our times that are writing wonderful songs that really hit your soul. And there's nothing wrong. There's some amazing songs. That's why I love doing hymns as well whenever I get a chance. Absolutely. It's great. But um, it's, so there's certain things that are good in progress. You know, same can be said. I mean, I don't want you to think that I'm only, you know, picking on some conservative traditional churches. <laughs> it can be said about any modern churches too, you know. They're like, if we don't have a fog machine or, or you know, uh, ambient lighting, um, the presence of God is not going to come down. Like, you know, I've heard that. Seriously, one, one of the pastors came out one time, and he's all about, you know, not having awesome uh, conferences and stuff like that. And he's like, you guys got to do this lighting, and, you, you know, you guys really need to set the tone. I mean, <laughs> and the focus is like as if, like, the Lord's not going to show up if we don't have fog machines or, you know, or lighting and things like that. Um, or if somebody says, you know, if I, if I pray for somebody, you know, and if they don't fall, you know, that means the Lord really didn't touch him, you know. <laughs> and then they get in the habit of pushing people forward. So people get stuck <laughs> pushing forward. <laughs> Actually, more pushing back. <laughs> um, but we can't get stuck. Can't get stuck in that rut. We've got to always keep moving forward. It says, the Lord says, therefore I create always something new. I create new. Revelation, you know, 21.5. It says, behold, I am making all things new. Amen. So, and like I said, the, the things that we hold on to the past, the sentimental things, uh, Jesus called it the traditions of men. Okay? So we, we form anything into a tradition. We've experienced the Lord one time through this process, and after that we think this is the only way it's going to happen. Okay? Uh, the Lord says, no. I want to touch you when you're in the shower, when you're driving in the car, uh, not just in church, anywhere you go. Amen? God is able to do that. I love it. Uh, I'm listening to radio one time and just a song, an unchristian song, but like, wow, it just for some reason the lyric just hit me. And I'm like, I just started crying and weeping and thanking the Lord. I'm like, wow, Lord, that was awesome. I didn't, I didn't expect that. So he can touch you anywhere. Amen? In any situation in life. Uh, Ecclesiast, uh, Ecclesiastes, I just say, I'm used to saying it in Russian because for the longest time I, I read it, I read the Bible in Russian. And for the last year and a half and two years, it's been exciting to actually learn and to practice reading in English. And it's awesome. But certain things I still don't pronounce right. So bear with me. Um, Ecclesiastes 7.10. All right. It says, do not say... Why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. Hmm. Let me read that again. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it's not wise to ask such questions. And some good people, really good people, are missing out. They're missing out on tomorrow because certain things that just their mind is stuck on. And for example, you know, for certain people, children might be graduating, you know, 
and they're going to college and and you were like, oh, no, I just wish they were three again. You know, well, when they were three, you were wishing they were 30 and out of the house. <laughs> See, this is what enemy does. This is what enemy does. He always tries to put us in a different time zone, different era, different season of the life. And then, you know, what happens is you miss out on your three-year-old. Because then they, before you knew it, they grew. And you're like, oh, I missed out on this moment because I was wishing too much about the future. And vice versa. It, it can happen. So, and it happens in church. You know, it happens in our natural families, okay? Uh, you know why the Bible says do not work. Do you know why it says that? Why were the old days better than these? Yeah. It's specifically for those reasons that so we don't miss out on life. Things that are right next to us right now. The season that we're in right now. I've been shopping. <laughs> I remember last year with Alistair, my nephew. He calls me Papa Vita. I mean, he's dear to my heart. He's like my son. And <laughs> I remember shopping with him before his third school year. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember cashier looking at Alistair. And I think I was, we were getting shoes for him. She's like, are you excited about third grade? Uh, I, he was in, yeah before starting third grade. So he, um, he's like, are you excited about third grade? And he's like, not really. And well, she's like, well, why is that? And he's like, well, second grade was my favorite year. <laughs> and, you know, I look at it, I'm like, wow, an eight-year-old, you know, who thought that these best days are behind them? It really spoke to me, you know. I was like, Alistair, there's third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Come on, buddy, work with me. We have so many things to look forward to, you know. So let's look forward to all the good things that are ahead of you, Alistair. And I was like, and for us as well, amen. Hallelujah. Which brings me to my third point. And facing forward is to continue to do what God called us to do. Facing forward is to continue to do what God has called us to do. Um, facing forward doesn't necessarily mean that you always have to, you know, do something different and do something new. Uh, there's, on the contrary, there's, there's people that are out there that are, like, always trying something new, but they, they never get good at doing anything, you know. And that's why a lot of this word that I'm sharing right now, is, it goes in line with just the vision for the church when I was sharing. It goes along line with the, the prophetic word that God spoke through Nancy, and it's about, you know, moving forward. But a lot of times, like I said, it's, it's not necessarily doing something new. A lot of times what you're doing is just do very well at it and continue doing what God called you to do. Continue to inspire others. For certain people, it's teaching children, you know. For others, you know, 